Hey, yo, Felix. Yo, what up, Willis? Tell me how you feel about the Capitan, Derek Jeter. Derek going Jeter. into the Hall of Fame today. Um, I feel I feel good, man. I feel proud to be a New York Yankee fan. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Fucking 27 rings. 27 rings, bitch. Blah, blah, blah. Um, what is your favorite Derek Jeter memory? Oh, my God. So, the I know thing, there's, there's so many. Derek Jeter, like, his his rise to his rising star in the MLB yes. came at, like, the perfect time, I think, for us as, like, baseball fans. Oh, definitely. Because we were in, like, high school, and the Yankees were... Uh, like that late '90s run, uh, for the New York Yankees was was historic. Oh, unprecedented! Uh, so, so so historic. In fact, it's, <laughs> it's something that we still like to remember fondly because the last twenty one years or twenty years or so has has not been as historic. Um, but it, you know, when I think of Derek Jeter, I think of my dad. You know, so many times going to that stadium. Um, with my father, with my brother, with with you and all of our friends, and um, just seeing him go out there, he, the consistency that he performed, and the level of integrity that he had for the game, and what it meant to be a Yankee—that is the thing. That is the prevailing vibe, mood, feeling that I get from Derek Jeter. That my favorite Jeter memory mm-hmm. is. It is 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 him leaping into the stands. Oh, it and that is one. Of, that's one of those things where nobody is ever going to forget it who saw it. And it's one of those sports things that you don't have to have seen it to have it like in your brain as well. You know what I mean? Like when I mean you don't have to have seen it. Like you you don't have to have been watching the game. It's one of those like those like seeing Muhammad Ali or seeing like. Uh, uh, you know, Michael Jordan or whatever, like certain Olympic moments, you know, uh, Kerry Strong or whatever like that. Like you may not have seen it if you're like 16, 25 years old right now, but you've seen the videos and that's something you'll remember forever. Derek Jeter leaping into the stands is one of those things that as a sports fan, like you will remember that forever. Absolutely. And it, that, that moment epitomized his um, character and yes. his work ethic and, Everything that he put into the game every day. And, you know, he was one of those guys um, very similar to, like, a Tom Brady or, um, you know, someone that wasn't given maybe the most athletic body, maybe not the most God-given, uh, like, physical skills. <laughs> he's not a physical specimen. He is a handsome devil. He, but he's let, not a physical specimen. Say, he's a timepiece. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know anyone that would argue against that, especially the parade of ladies that would come out of his apartment with a lovely gift basket, with a gift basket back in the nineties. Yeah. Um, Hall of Fame stick man. Hall of Fame stick man. What a roster! Uh, what a roster! Um, <laughs> first but, ballot, yeah. First ballot stick man. Um, but he, uh, what he lacked in physical gifts. He made well made up for in work ethic and and just playing the game the right way. Never got in any trouble. Just uh, you know, always was in the right place at the right time. And you know, epitomized by that you know that one play against the A's in the playoffs, where you know he went to cover home plate and he you know the ball flip. Yeah, it yeah. was just like 
dude, that doesn't happen to anybody else besides him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he just, it, the instinct took over, and he was in the right place at the right time. And I'll never forget it. Um, he he was one of those players that, you know, you tell, even if you hate the Yankees, like, he's the one guy that, like, Red Sox fans say over and over to me, like, dude, I hate the fucking Yankees, but I love me some Derek Jeter. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, and, you know, it, it's, he's just one of those guys that you can't hate unless you're just a true player hater. You, he he made it hard to hate him. He really did. Like, there was nothing controversial about him. And that perfect sign-off that he had, his final game, being a bloop single, walk-off single, <laughs> to end the game, that was classic Derek Jeter. So, essentially, how he finished his career was there were runners uh, 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 on base, and he came up to bat, and he just hit a little... Little base knock, little base knock, which he was just famous for. Man, how many times I sat in the stands and and in the Bronx and watched him step up to the plate and just go bloop. He was one of those guys where I used to just think that when he was a when he was a Yankee, who was an active player, that I was lucky to have him. There's just some things. I I hope a lot of people have this in their lives, not just sports related, but where you look at a thing or you hold a thing or you think about a thing and you're like, thank the good Lord I have this in my life. Mm. And it seems crazy, but that's how, like, it would be like 2004 and I'd be like, thank fucking God Derek Jeter's on a Yankee, man. Right? <laughs> like, every now and then, a random thought, I'd be like, just looking off in the distance, and be like, dude, thank God for Derek Jeter. Like, thank absolute, any, any God, any spiritual being you want to have, thank you. Thank you for Derek, man. Definitely. Let's let's for old time's sake. Let's give it a little little chant, huh? Derek Gina. Derek Gina. Let's go. That chant, that DJ chant, man, that jeets. Doesn't it bring back so many oh, good feelings? Man. So many times in the Bronx, standing up in the ninth inning, cheering on, you know, for a one last big knock. Oh, oh, great, great shit. Y'all, Yo. we are here. We are in, here. In the North End studio. Oh, the hot, humid, and sweaty right. North End studio. That's right. The summer's not over, kids. Not up here. <laughs> not, in the, not in the studios. We keep it hot till January. Absolutely. We keep that heater blazing. We are here. We are the We Need to Talk podcast. I am your boy, Felix. I'm sitting adjacent to your man's, Willis. And don't check the scoreboard. Don't check your phones and see the date and time. We're a day late, but we are not a dollar short, sir. Hell nah. We are up. As they say. We are up. We keep it up. So. And you know what time it is. You know what episode it is, sir? What's a, what episode is it, my guy? Brrr, tsh, tsh. Episode 4 
48. Oh, 48. 48. Wow. Okay. Yep. And you know what? We had to dig a little deep for this one. but <laughs> I like it when we dig deep. But digging deep never hurts. Uh, big shout out to... Speak for yourself. Legend, Tory Hunter. Legend, <laughs> stay on our baseball kick today. Uh, Tory Hunter, uh, big time outfielder with the Minnesota Twins. Legendary career. Used to get up on that wall, mm-hmm. getting them fly balls. Yeah, and we are here hitting them fly balls right past anybody. I don't care who's trying to get that 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 fly ball. Tory Hunter ain't getting this one because this is a grand slam dinger of an episode, Willis. We That's are right. here. It is a Wednesday now. Generally, you're listening to this already on a Wednesday morning. We're speaking to you in the future, per usual. You're going to be on a, on a Thursday drive time commute. Hearing our dulcet tones, we are very, very excited to bring you the week's hottest topics. Willis, yes, speaking sir. of weeks, how was your week? How was your weekend, my guy? You know what? Uh, this weekend was fan-fucking-tastic. You know why? Um, this weekend was uh, maybe one of my favorite – not maybe. This Don't weekend maybe Don't maybe me. <laughs> Our fantasy football draft. It did. Uh, it did. Shout out to East Coast football. Shout out. Um, live draft. We are on year eighteen. Wow. Um, I mean year eight. I mean year eighteen is crazy. Uh, doing anything for eighteen years in a row is crazy. I think the only thing I've done of eighteen years in a row was like go to school. You know what I mean? Like com- even like, that com- though. Com- like you didn't go to school year one. Commitment wise. You know I mean? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Um, yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah, you didn't go to school. Shit. Especially you. You were homeschooled until you were 13. <laughs> right. So, right. <laughs> you came in. <laughs> you were. You and your siblings just wore the same pair of overalls. Yeah. Like, I mean, just we traded them we off during the day. Trade off during the day. Yeah, like. you know, your brother would have to have weight in the boys' room, and then you'd come out in the overalls. Nothing else. Barefoot. Yeah. Barefoot overalls. Hey, why do you need shoes when you're in the house? So I... Well, that yes, yes. Homeschool, unfortunately. Uh, yes, I understand the, the mindset. So, uh, yeah, dude, 18 years. Our fans football league, it can vote. Mm. It can buy cigarettes. Yep. It can buy pornography. Uh, very much so. It could go... <laughs> <laughs> it might have been buying porn at a younger age. It might have be been honest. buying yeah, porn yeah, at yeah, fifteen. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. well, maybe acquiring it, not purchasing it. You know, right. getting right. that black that black market pornography. <laughs> so anyway, that that dark web stuff. So yeah, yeah. I, I obviously that was my weekend as well. Uh, it was a fabulous weekend. Thank God that our fantasy football draft always falls on Labor Day weekend, ladies and gentlemen. Your guys on the pod here. Are both forty years old now. We need that Ooh. extra day of Ooh, yes. We need to have a day. We need to talk. We also need a third day off or a second day off That's after right. the draft to really get back on our feet, get back to equilibrium, and figure out how to live a normal adult life. So thank the good Lord that we fall on Labor Day weekend. Um, overall, a fabulous day. Uh, um, Thank you again to our amazing commissioner, the best commissioner in the game. My man's mm-hmm. Willis over here you know continues, continues to kill the commissioner game year 18. You know what? What can I say? I, I run a tight ship. Uh, we keep it classy, but, uh, you know, we have a lot of fun and uh, we are going to go for 18 more years. Shit, yeah. Maybe maybe 28 more years. Let's do it. Let's I, hope, pushing, I hope, we, I hope we rock this shit for another fucking 35 
40. 100. 100. Let's go 100 years. Let's make it a century. Yes. That's let's do 120 years. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So what we did that Saturday, other than uh, come together as a family, a lot of hugs, a lot of high fives, maybe a kiss or three on the cheek. It's okay. Everybody's got the vaccine. We'll be fine. We picked players. From the 2021-2022 NFL season. And guess what, everybody? That season officially starts tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, Thursday evening. We got Thursday night football. Your Tampa Bay Bucks, right? Oh, shit. You know what time it is, baby. (laughs) Super Bowl chance. We back. We going back to back, son. Like I was saying, your Tampa Bay Buccaneers <laughs> squaring off, I believe, against the Dallas Cowboys, right? Yep. America's team, the Dallas Cowboys. Can I just say, for the record, yes. we're recording this, right? We are. So literally, this is for the record. Absolutely. My least favorite fucking like, uh, team like nickname is Dallas Cowboys being America's team. Yeah, I, you know, I don't think they've been America's team for... 30 years? 30 years or so. Yeah. No, no, fuck yeah. that shit. Fuck that shit. Yeah. So I, I I take back what I said. I said it almost to be ironic. I'm taking that back. Alanis Morissette. The, there's not one ironic thing in her song, and that's not an ironic statement anymore. Fuck the Dallas Cowboys and fuck America's team. That's right. So anyway, because hey, <laughs> so, one could easily say, you know who America's team is right now, Willis? I would say your Super Bowl champions, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I wouldn't argue with you. No, I wouldn't I, argue I at all. I don't think you should. I don't um, think you would. I don't you know think what? you could. So we're going to bring back a very popular segment from We Need to Talk podcast. We like to call it Spicy Nugs. Ooh, spicy Nugs. We, you know what? There, there's just there's something so great about a nice, good, spicy nug. Yes. You know, the proper amount of kick, you know, the, the juiciness of the nug itself. The white meat. Um, Maybe you like a little dipping sauce. I don't know. Oh Maybe God. you like a little extra sauce on your spicy nug. Can I ask you something? Yeah, of course. On your spicy nug. Yes. Are you going for a sauce to cool you to cool it down? What? I look like some kind of bitch to you. <laughs> <laughs> what the you know, fuck? I don't know if you'd like me to tell the audience what you look like to me, sir. Uh, so, Do so, I look <laughs> like a bitch? Then why are you trying to hook me like So you're correct. You don't look like a bitch. I didn't think so. You don't look like one. So I then am able to make the assertion that, no, sir, no, no, pray tell. I may be adding a sauce to kick it up a notch. That's right. I might be dipping it in some buffalo sauce. I might um, dip it in a, a mixture of buffalo and barbecued. Wow. Yo, uh, you wow. never know. You never know where it's going to go. You are the wing king, I I'm, will say. I might dip it with buffalo and ranch together. I'm off on it. Yeah, you know what? Speaking of buffalo and ranch, uh, Popeye's <laughs> has an amazing <laughs> dipping good. sauce. It's like spicy ranch or, oh, or okay. buffalo. I, is it essentially like almost like that? Like a buffalo ranch it, type yeah. of thing? Or is it yeah, like yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. I highly recommend it. All right, man. Um, yeah. but, shout yeah, out so, Popeye's. Shout out to Popeye's. So- Break it, breaks off that check. Yeah, let's um, get some Popeye's chicken checks, man. Yeah, so we're gonna drop some spicy NFL nugs Yeet. for the uh, for our little preview. Week one starts in a one day, oh twenty four hours, and we want to throw some spicy nugs at you just to give our thoughts on how the season is gonna go. Could be something uh, surprising that mm. we we 
wouldn't expect, but may see. Could be a prediction. Could, mm. We don't know. I don't know what it, Felix is going to say. He doesn't know what I'm going to say. It's going to be spicy, though. I can guarantee you that. Are you nervous about what I could say? Never that. <laughs> I, then I am fucking up. <laughs> <laughs> the minute, the, the, the second that I just found out that, you, that I don't make you nervous on the microphone... Look, bro, Damn. if if I had any Never feelings of nervousness <laughs> about you on the mic, do you think we'd be doing this podcast? That's a good question. That's live good and segment. direct from the North End Westerly every goddamn week? I don't Studio. think so. No, he's right. He's right. All right, so would you like to start off with your spicy nug? I will start off. I would be more than honored. Yes, please, sir. My first spicy nug. There's been a lot of talk about rookies this year. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of very, very talented rookies on both sides of the ball. I'm going to give my Rookie of the Year prediction right here. You're going to give the Roy right now. Right You're now. You're roying it right now? Without hesitation, my dude. We haven't even had a single snap. Nope. Not a single punt. Nope. Not a single third down, <laughs> like, just check, throw off into the stands by Daniel nope. Jones. No? Nope. Okay. You what ready? Do we got? Yeah, give it. My guy. Trey Lance. Trey Lance. Down there in San Francisco, San Francisco. Now, why Trey Lance out of all the guys? So, here's the thing. A lot of good rookies this year, like I said. Trey Lance has that something special. He reminds me a lot of Patrick Mahomes. Mobility. He's got the passing down. He's got a rocket laser arm. Now, there's going to be a little quarterback controversy in San Francisco. Already, Shanahan wouldn't commit to a starting quarterback. And, I mean, it's already week one. Every other team just about has said who's going to be starting week one. All he would do is give little, well, I think you know, to the media. Dude, so so you saying that, (laughs) I think you know, but you know that we don't know. Wasn't he the one who, like, a month ago or so, when they were like, who's going to start on on that Sunday? He's like, or whatever, like, hey, can you tell us who's going to start? On that first Sunday, and he was like, I can't even promise you that we'll all be alive tomorrow. Or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he went like deep. Yeah, he's he like, I can't even tell like you that. that we'll all be here. That we'll all be here. Yeah, we could like, get wow. struck by a meteor tonight. And wow. then nobody would start off. We Sunday. just asked you who's starting for the football team. You didn't have to bring up that I could be dead. You come on, man. Just just, 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 tell, just tell us who's taking the snaps, bro. Right. So Trey Lance, I think, you know, it might start out. Uh, they might be sharing quarterback. You might get Garoppolo. You might get some Lance. You might switch back and forth. Who knows what's going on in that crazy genius's head up, up there in San Francisco. But I think the youth will win out. Garoppolo, we, we've seen him succeed, but he's had major injury problems. Um, and he come back from the injury, and he wasn't quite the same. They got a lot of talent. They love to run the ball up there. Trey Lance. Runs like a horse. He can throw. I mean, it seems like a match made in heaven. And, you, you know, not to poo-poo on any of the other rookies, but it just seems like Trey Lance would fit that scheme perfectly. I think that, like, when you look at a, a rookie of the year, obviously numbers are a big part of it. But also, it doesn't rely on narrative as much as, like, MVP does. Right. The MVP, there's a lot of like narrative that goes into it. Absolutely. Um, like uh, Adrian Peterson coming back from his injury and, you know, a- a- Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, with the season he had last year being as old, you know, uh, of a certain age as he is. Still younger than me and you, but hey, here we are. Um, but 
We're not running anywhere except if we're getting chased. Absolutely not. I'm only running downhill <laughs> if you put, if you give me a hard shove to the back. Uh, so uh, I think the narrative down there in, in, in San Francisco, it'll be a little bit like him coming in to a, a, a team that already has good culture, uh, a, a fantastic coach, a, a good team around him, deep receiving core, deep running back uh, roster. Um, the other players like Justin Fields, Mac Jones, so on and so forth. You know, these other guys, the, they seem to all be where, where anybody would want them to be, uh, as well for their development. But I don't disagree with you. I think Trey Lance has just about, just, because of the other things around him, I think he does have more of a chance to be that rookie of the year. Justin Fields, he has a lot to overcome up there in Chicago. We, we know Mac Jones is coming into a winning situation in New England, but, you know, they don't exactly have a deep, deep, wide-out roster and all that stuff. There, there, there's other factors for other teams, whereas Trey Lance is coming into a, a team that was in the Super Bowl two, two or three seasons ago. So I'm with you on that. That is a spicy nug before Thank the you, first sir. snap. Thank you, sir. Yeah. All right. So are you ready for my first spicy nug? I sure am. This is going to be my mild spicy nug. Mild spice. This is my mild. So I'm maybe. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. With this nugget, maybe I am dipping it in a ranch. Okay. So this is more like a like a Burger King spicy nug as opposed to say a Popeye spicy. Exactly. Nug. Yeah. Right. It's not as, as, as this. This. Oh, there's some spice. Yeah. There's some pepper. There's a little bit of something. But let's not get it twisted. It's not gonna like have tears running down your cheeks, right? Right, right, right. So my my mild spicy nug is actually I'm gonna make my Super Bowl prediction right now. Ooh, yeah. right out of the gate. Right first out of the gate. First one, Super Bowl. So so let me tell you. So you you rookie of the year before yes. the first snap, yes. bro. I'm going Super Bowl before first I'll, snap. I like it. I like it. Big swings. And that team for me is the L.A. Rams. Okay. The L.A. Rams, another wonderkind coach. That being uh, uh, Mr. Sean McVay, uh, one of those young coaches that we uh, assumed would be flirting around or returning to the postseason in the Super Bowl year to year to year. You know, he hit that high, high a couple seasons ago when he was in the Super Bowl. And la- they, he always seemed to be hampered by the QB under center. Yes. And... They made big moves this this offseason. That was kidding. trading for Matthew Stafford from the Detroit Lions. And Matthew Stafford was one of those QBs that was not like like top tier. As in, when I say top tier, I mean he's not Aaron Rodgers. He's not Tom Brady. He's not Pat Mahomes. But he's like next level down. He's the Matt Ryans. He is um you know, those guys that can put up the, maybe even, the, well, maybe saying Russell Wilson. Yeah, he's not Russell Wilson. But he is the Ben Roethlisberger. He's the ones that can absolutely, like, put up huge numbers and, and win you football games Definitely. and do this and do that. Definitely. But over there in Detroit, one of the worst run franchises in sports, period. Period. I think, haven't they never won a playoff game? Willis, I think it's, this is it. Uh, they might not have. Um, I know that for some reason, uh, the owner of the Lions must have Roger Goodell's um, like blackmail video because they get to play on Thanksgiving every, every fucking every year, year yeah. regardless of how shitty they are. Calvin Johnson, he who scored like 
five touchdowns, seven touchdowns in a single game. Um, I think in that one playoff game that that they did, um, that that he did play in. And by the way, they lost. Um, he retired early because he just was so he he would rather not play football because of what the Detroit Lions had done to his soul. Fast forward to now, Matthew Stafford is now over there in L.A. Now I do not necessarily expect him to put up the same amount of numbers as he did in in Detroit. And and a lot of that is because one of the reasons Matt would be throwing for such a a high yardage and touchdowns was because they were trying to catch up because the Detroit Lions were behind. And when you're a team that's behind, you're throwing the ball, throwing the ball, throwing the ball, trying to catch up. I don't think they're going to have that problem in L.A. He will still put up big numbers. Cam Akers, their starting running back, is out for the season. So their running back role is kind of in flux. So they will be primarily a, a pass-first offense. But um, I think that Sean McVay is going to have that stud QB that he's wanted his entire career. He's going to have him, and he's really going to ride that horse all the way to the Super Bowl. Right past your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm Ooh, that hurts. Sorry. That hurts that. right here in my soul. Right, in the solar plexus. Um. Well, you know, I... I you could be right. You could be right. The I mean, a lot of stacked. people, a lot of people are are predicting the Rams to make it very far this year. Defense is is one of the best in the league, no question about it. Uh, Matt Stafford has needed a change of scenery for a long, long for like time. a decade, <laughs> long time. And I just feel he's been itching to get out of that situation forever. I feel great. I I feel happy for him that he was able to get out and and go with a coach like McVay who. Uh, you know he's he's a little unconventional. You know what I mean? Like he thinks outside the box. He will try stuff that that maybe a uh, you know an Andy Reid or somebody wouldn't try. But he is gonna let Matt Stafford sling it. Oh hell he yeah! He loves oh that God. West Coast offense as he should. They're in L.A. But you know he's gonna let him throw the ball. They got weapons, and I just think it's gonna be a match made in heaven. I, I think you're totally right. There, yeah, look at that! All right, first spicy nugs. They went down easy. What went you, went down easy. What's your neck? I don't All even right. have to take a this chug one, off of Dr Pepper. This for my one spicy is is uh maybe a little bit spicier. Ooh, okay, maybe okay, a little okay. tiny bit spicier. Not not much though. It's not gonna burn your throat. It's not gonna burn your throat, but it's gonna be delicious. Yes. It's gonna be delicious. So second spicy nug is your MVP. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Is your MVP, and it will be a repeat of last year. Wow, that's right. That a- is a little spicy in my throat. A A Aaron. Wow, back as MVP despite the days of our lives style drama of the off season. He was, I mean. Couldn't have been closer to leaving that franchise. Mm-hmm. So close that he came out on the day that he announced that he would be back and totally flamed the ownership, the management, uh, the GM, everybody basically. I had never seen a press conference like that where a current player that the team was trying to woo back accepts the offer and then verbally burns up just, okay. scorched earth <laughs> it's the, the castrates owner, him man 
the moves they'd made. I mean, the disrespect. The, the big thing for him was the disrespect oh, they played for players that he felt like had earned be- right. better. So many players that and he let off this list. There's one of those. Yeah, one of those, like he kept saying names, and you're like, oh, this is the last guy. Oh nope, he's got another name. Yeah. Oh nope, he's got another name. I oh, mean, nope. <laughs> all sides of the ball, not just his his receivers. You know what I mean? There were plenty of receivers. Jordy Nelson, one of them, and like you know, you can go on and on, but. Um, you know, linemen, defensive players, people who had made a real impact on that franchise that were just disrespected on the way out. I, you know, Aaron Rodgers, when he decided to come back to the Packers, I knew that he would just go wild this season. He wants to show that the old man still got it, mm-hmm. right? He saw what Tom Brady was able to do last year with the Bucks. Everybody, you know, what? not to make this about the Bucks, but... But he's gonna. But I'm gonna. You know what? Every, when, when that move happened last year, Brady went to the Bucks. so many people were like, look, how? what does he have left in the tank? He's 40-plus years old. You know, he's done everything you can do as, as a quarterback in this league. What motivation does he have in Tampa? And what what we saw was that that was exactly what he needed. He needed a fresh start, a nice warm weather city, brand new coach that's not stuck up all the time. Drinking wine and just having a good time. So yeah. You know what I mean? Making people take days off. <laughs> right. Right. Um, you know, let let's loose. Let, he just needed that change of scenery. Add add the talent that was already there, and you got a rejuvenated Tom Brady. Aaron Rodgers saw that, and I could tell he was green with envy because <laughs> green, uh, green. Yeah, see green, what I did there? Look at this guy. <laughs> this is why they pay him the big right, bucks. That's right. <laughs> so look, he saw what Brady was able to do last year. It was like, look, the Packers don't even ask me when they make moves. They don't even ask me when they cut my receivers mm-hmm. or sign someone new. They don't even let me go out and help sign free agents. I'm fucking Aaron Rodgers, man. Mm-hmm. Show me some goddamn respect. Yeah. And and he so what he's gonna do, here's my prediction. He's gonna go out, light it up this year with the Packers. They may not win the Super Bowl, but he's gonna prove that he's still got a lot of gas left in that tank. And then he is going to go on a world class free agent tour. This is going to be like it's going to be it's going to be similar to to uh, when the Pats we knew he, they weren't going to sign Brady, and then like he was linked to every team in the league. You know what I mean? Oh, sources say that uh, Tom Brady and and the Houston Texans are very close to a con- you know like. Name any team, and uh, there was rumors about there about him. But that's what's going to happen next season. Aaron Rodgers coming off this amazing year. He's it's going to be like when Kevin Durant was in the Hamptons and just courting courting teams. Everybody except for the Knicks, but yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's he's going to have a great season, and then next year he's out of there. Yeah, you, you know, I, I think he's going to benefit greatly from Tom Brady's experience as well. Because even though there were rumors about Tom with different teams, it came out recent, fairly recently that he only had offers from like two or three teams tops. That a lot of the teams 
first of all, didn't really necessarily have the space for him, but also like they were a little nervous and I don't, I don't blame them. I, I looked at the, uh, the, the, the new England Tom Brady thing as both, both the, the, the franchise and the player were in the right. Yeah. The franchise was making the right decision to not make this big investment in a, in a player who's like 41 years old. And Tom was completely right to want to move on to greener pastures. And when it ended up in the perfect scenario where he went to a team that was ready made, where they, they had a level, a certain level of success with a player as, uh, who, as turnover friendly as uh, James, uh, James Wilson, uh, James Wilson. No, what's his name? Why am I thinking? Why am I blanking? Are, are you talking about James? James Winston. Winston? <laughs> not James. James you're, Winston. Yeah, you, you're not miss, James Wilson. A few my brother-in-law. <laughs> not Jamie Wilson. My brother-in-law. <laughs> James Winston, uh, the football player. Um. So anyway, anyway, anyway. Like I think Aaron Rodgers is going to benefit off of. He's not as old as Tom Brady when he was looking for a new team, and. They're going to look at what he did, what he's going to do this season and last season, MVP season last year, and go, oh, like, come, please, we, please come. Like, they will move heavens and earth. I think it's going to look a lot like when Peyton Manning was looking for a new home. Definitely. Because Definitely. that was like, that was Peyton Manning still was at the height of his powers. He was like this super uh, attractive uh, uh, quarterback in the league. Everybody wanted Peyton Manning. Everybody was making the call. So, uh, I love it. That is a spicy nug, sir. Back-to-back MVP for somebody who's like 40 years old. Well, I think he's like 38. Is a spicy, spicy nugget, sir. you love to see it. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll, now I'm ready for yours. All right, so here's my next one. Give me the number two. My number two, spicy. Give me, give me some sauce on it, this too. Is, so we're getting some spot. This is a spicy nug. We are going to Popeye's. Ooh. And um, maybe we're getting like a, uh, um, we're getting like that barbecue. But maybe we're getting a little bit of like that we're dropping. We're, we're reaching to our purse and we're taking a lot a little bit of Tabasco. Oh, yeah. Do, whoop, whoop, and we're yeah. Going, you got to have that extra hot just, sauce just, on let me just Let me just get this a little more spicy. Yep. So this next one, I think that the AFC East is going to be the crown jewel in the NFL crown. <laughs> <laughs> the crown jewel Bro, in the NFL. The crown jewel Infinity in the Gauntlet. NFL. In the Infinity Gauntlet, yes. Not I'm not saying this season, necessarily, that will they be the creme de la creme, but what I'm saying is this season you will see all of the teams take steps forward sooner than we had thought with where they should be in their development. Mm. So the AFC East for years has essentially been the New the New England Patriots and then the other guys. Right. The Jets, the Bills, the Dolphins. Three teams and three franchises that were known for their blunders, for their missteps, for their miscalculations. They all had Tom Brady and Bill Belichick in like dead center of what they were aiming to overcome. And time after time, they fell short. There was one, uh, a couple seasons that the Jets looked pretty good over there. Um, With the uh, Maddie franchise? Yeah. <laughs> the Sanchez? The Sanchez. Um, but obviously, overall, that was a flash in the pan. Um, it's hard to look back on what the Patriots accomplished over the 21st century and not just take it as an absolute, like, just domination of their division. Up until Tom left, right? So Tom leaves. They take a step back. Who who rises up? 
much to the chagrin and surprise of most of the NFL community and the football community, nobody necessarily expected Josh Allen to do the complete 180 of being statistically one of the worst QBs in the league and all of a sudden being one of the best. He was on fire last year. He was, dude, he was hucking, chucking, slinging it. Stefan Diggs, uh, uh, recent transplant from Minnesota, was putting up MVP caliber numbers for a wideout. They looked amazing. Their defense was coming on strong, and they seemed to take advantage of a weak division, just like the Patriots had taken advantage of a weak division for all those years. Well, each team has kind of made... In the last two seasons, have made a, a, a decision or a series of decisions to put them in a place where they are not going to be struggle city. Obviously, last season, Miami with uh, drafting Tua. Um, this season, Mac Jones up there in New England. And then down there in, uh, what's it called, in New York? Well, New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> the Meadowlands. And our our fellow Browns favorite team, Gang Green. Um, gang, gang. getting rid of their coach um, and and making the types of moves you want to see from a team that is rebuilding but rebuilding intelligently. They stacked up the draft picks. They got their first round QB. They got uh, Michael Carter, I think, is a good looking running back. They have a, a good young receiving core. They're building in all the right ways. So what I'm saying is the AFC East, which for years, like for 20 years plus actually, have had three teams that have been punchlines. The Bills, the Jets, and the Dolphins. Mm. I think in a year's time, after the season, they're going to be amongst one of the divisions that we are speaking about in reverence. That they are going to be all four teams with QBs that anybody would want on their squad. Now, I'm not saying that like, oh, look out, the Jets are making the playoffs this season. But what I'm saying is they're going to A, have a winning record, and B, they they, along with the Dolphins, I, I do have faith in Tua, they are going to make moves. They're going to look great. Josh Allen has continued to be dominant. And unfortunately, unfortunately, I think the New England Patriots are going to be a whole lot better and make the playoffs this season. You said they're going to make the playoffs. Yes, I think the Patriots are in the playoffs. Yes. You know what? You stole my last nug. <laughs> <laughs> you stealing nug, stealing son of a gun. I was looking over at your tray. <laughs> I was like... Man, look at those. He's got all those spicy nugs over there. Look at this go over there. He's got one nug in there and and just enough spicy sauce. I think I can steal it and dip the sauce in. You know what? I'll just build on what you said. Um, Build, baby. Let's go. So so my last nug was that Mac Jones, we saw him take charge in the preseason. He did what he had to do to win that job from Cam Newton. wasn't hard because Cam was uh, looking up fucking ivermectin videos on YouTube. <laughs> so, oh my God. Um, but you know, Mac Jones, he he stepped forward as you know. I'm sure Bill was ecstatic that you know he has this this young guy, this nice young white quarterback, <laughs> this this young man that came from um his, basically Honor. his best friend's team. Uh, Nick Saban's team in Alabama came up there and, you know, had a fantastic college career. And now, you know, I think with the moves that the Pats have made in the offseason, you know, not only um, getting some guys back that, you know, sat out last season because of COVID, they're getting um, 
very talented guys back on the defensive side of the ball, especially. And then if you look at the offensive side of the ball, they're back to Bill's favorite two tight end stack. Yeah, yeah. They got two very good quality tight ends in Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith. Paid good money for him, too. Paid good money for him, but they're both really good quality players. Um, and then they also grabbed Nelson Aguilar, um, who, you know, in the right situation last year, he was uh, with the Raiders. And I mean, the Raiders sucked last year. Let's let's <laughs> let's just put it bluntly. The Raiders sucked. But we're gonna he, suck this year too. You know, they're gonna suck this year too because they have less talent. But we say all that to say, um, Nelson Aguilar is going from a bad situation to a much better situation. Better coach. Um, we'll see how the how the quarterback plays. I think Mac Jones is gonna be um very spoiled. With the type of targets that he has in New England, he's got a obviously legendary coach in Bill Belichick, who's gonna be, you know, who knows? Maybe this rejuvenates the old man, and yeah. he he stays on for a few extra years. I mean, he's already the oldest coach in the league uh, by a, a pretty wide margin. I think the next coach is like Pete Carroll. Uh, the two of them are are up there in age, but you know. Before Mac Jones side, who knows how long Bill was thinking about staying? Who knows? Who knows right now? Hell, for all I know, he could retire next year. But I think now that he's got this really quality, uh, talented quarterback. I think the Pats will be that second team in the playoffs. Yep. And you know, it reminds me uh, the second team. You know, meaning meaning the Bills. I think are going to call uh, that division. They're going to win that division. And then the Pats will get the wild card. But, you know, it reminds me of back in the day when you used to have um, in, the, in the NFC South where the Bucks play. You've got the Falcons. Yeah. You've got the Saints. You've got the, the Panthers. Every year they would rotate division winners. Yeah. You would have a great MVP season from Cam. Then you would have an MVP season from Matt Ryan. Then you would have an MVP season from Drew Bledsoe. I, I'm sorry, Drew Brees, and uh, you know, and then the, and then you know the Bucks would lay eggs. What would but, Jamie uh, Wilson do? <laughs> yeah, James Wilson, quarterback of the Bucks, uh, in an alternative universe. Yeah, in in the multiverse, uh, Jamie Wilson uh, throwing uh, thirty picks and thirty touchdowns. Hey, thirty for thirty. <laughs> but uh, this this division, the AFC East, could be like that. You know what I mean? Like with the talent coming up with Tua and Mac and Josh Allen and and um and Zach Wilson, you know what? Who knows what these quarterbacks are gonna do? Um uh, we've seen what Josh Allen can do. Um Tua, he looked good last year, but you know, he's definitely got some growing to do. Zach Wilson and Mac Jones are the big question marks right now. And both teams have made a lot of, of roster moves. And especially the Jets with a new coach, um, they're going to look totally different this year. Um, are, is it going to be enough? You know, are, are we going to see eight and eight? Are we going to see seven and nine? Are we going to see ten and six? We don't know. We don't know what we're going to get. But I do know that a lot of uh, a lot of NFL analysts are they have a very high things to say about Zach Wilson with the Jets. Uh, I saw some of it from Adam Schefter, I think, or uh, Adam Schefter was reporting that another GM was saying that Zach Wilson 
in like three years is going to be a top five quarterback. Wow. That's what that's, that's what high you praise. Hear. That's, that's what you want to hear. hear if you're a Jets fan. Absolutely. Um, he, but he's got to do the work. He's got to do the work. And they've got to build a roster around him that will help him succeed. You can't have, um, you know, scrubs, with no line to pre- protect him. You know what I mean? He's going to get blasted just like what happened to Joe Burrow last year. You know what I mean? Joe Burrow was lighting up. Next thing you know, you can't keep him on his feet. Gets blasted, blows his knee out. Mm-hmm. You know, I hope I hope we don't see that with with Trevor Lawrence this year. And the thing with Trevor Lawrence, he was an unbelievable college quarterback. I'm scared that Urban Meyer. I've already been hearing things about him down in Jacksonville that you know maybe he's coming on a little too strong. Maybe he's bringing that like college mentality to the pros. Like you're going from from coaching boys to coaching men, and you can't really get away with some of the things you can get away with coaching boys than you can coaching men. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's it's a matter of respect. It's a matter of of you know these are guys. These are these are now more your peers. Yeah, as opposed grown to grown men like, with tens of millions of now more of dollars in the right, bank. Right. Yeah, and so. So um, I'm hoping they can figure that situation out because Trevor Lawrence deserves to be on on a great team. I've you know he's an amazing talent, amazing arm. So let, let's see what happens down there in Jacksonville. But I agree with you, sir. With the AFC East, it is going to be a year to watch. Absolutely. So that leaves me with my last spicy nug. Last spicy nug. Last one in the bottom of that cardboard box. Yeah. There's probably some crumbs in there too. You just kind of lick your finger and scoop up all the crumbs. Maybe get a few spices and then just scoop around the dip. Around Ooh, the sauce. Get, the, get, get every it all. Get it all. Get it all. It's on my fingers. It's, you it's kind of burning your fingers. It's kind of burning because at this point I've Put Tabasco in there. Right. I put some Franks. You just want to hurt buffalo sauce. I, I got the hot ones. Uh, last dance sauce. It's. I'm just shaking everything I can onto this one spicy nug. Just to feel alive one I, last time. I just need it. Well, <laughs> that spicy. Give nug, it to me. That spicy nug, sir, is Deshaun Watson's gonna break the motherfucking NFL. And what I mean, sir, is. The NFL lawsuit record? <laughs> he, he's, he's, he's right now. That, the, the, the records, unfortunately, that he may break are not the ones we were talking about a year ago or even eight months ago, him breaking. The Deshaun Watson story is one of the most peculiar stories in all of sports, mostly because of the way we're not talking about it. I will say that maybe it is a good thing that not every single sports center or get up or whatever is starting off with a Deshaun Watson um, uh, news report. Because I will say, by and large, the the media does not know how to talk about these things. It does not know how to talk about these things. The way that the media, or even we, all talk about other types of crimes is vastly different than the way we talk about sexual assault. This is a topic we have delved into repeatedly on this podcast. That if, if somebody was accused... Of drunk driving it, down there in, in in Miami, we wouldn't be doing all these like allegedly this and well we gotta hear the other side that and blah 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 blah. We wouldn't be like all the other times 
that he didn't drive drunk. <laughs> like we would, we'd be like, yeah, so I guess so-and-so got pulled over for driving drunk. And we'd leave it at that. We'd say they did that, right? So maybe it's kind of a good thing that we're not talking every day, all day at SportsCenter about this. That being said, this was a quarterback, and we've talked about it before, that was supposed to be one of the main drivers of the football conversation in the offseason because he was going to be looking for a new home. Yeah. And then sur- shortly after the end of the season, all these allegations and lawsuits come flooding in. 22 lawsuits and 10 criminal charges against Deshaun Watson right now. And last week it came out that there are teams that may be looking to acquire him. One of them being the Miami Dolphins. Now, I know I just talked about the AFC East and how I think they're going to be the crown jewel. And then you 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 took that baton and you ran with it even further. I do think that Tua is going to be a good QB for multiple reasons. First of all, his career as a college player. I know he, he had that really devastating hip injury. But the thing that everybody's saying... He has a full offseason, and they are building the team around him now rather than building the team around Robert Fitzmagic. Right? Mm. Um, mm. Questionable, but I'll, be, well, I'll allow it. All right. Thank, thank you for allowing. <laughs> um, and it's but, Ryan. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick. <laughs> you know how I am with names. Terrible. Um, I say all that to say, if the Miami Dolphins a week ago were thinking about trading – for Deshaun, for Deshaun Jack, for Deshaun Watson, that's not a good sign. Um, not a good sign, both maybe how they feel about Tua, but more also what that says about where we are, where a team is still willing to say, "Yeah, we'll take that guy." That we've had this conversation before. That if you have a certain level of talent, teams will look past whatever history that you may have. You know, famously, Ray Rice. Uh, has that unbelievably disgusting moment of domestic violence with his significant other in an, in an elevator. The guy never took the field again. Well, that's because Ray Rice was a running back, and they're un- unbelievably disposable. And while he was like a top five or so running back, he wasn't like Adrian Peterson or a, or a, an all-timer Hall of Famer running back. Right? I, will, I will say the other determining factor in him not playing again was that his offense was on video. And it was it was out there for the world to see. Yes, yes. And that, by the way, that does make a big difference. He nothing happened with that. Like it was gonna just be ignored and moved on. We were all gonna move on with our lives until the video came out as well. Right. So with Deshaun Watson, even with the even with all the charges that he has, a team was looking to acquire him. And if if a team trades for that man, and he plays this season, I don't. I, I feel like we're gonna reach a breaking point. And there may be a thing where it's like, what the fuck are we doing? I think the tweet that made the rounds was all the things about the deal to Miami. And the last thing was um, saying, pending <laughs> the results of the tw- the FBI investigation, he will be whatever, whatever, whatever. Like, it's basically saying when he would be eligible to play. And the big response was, this is where we're at. Where we're saying, oh, just pending the FBI investigation. Like, we're not pending a physical. We're not pending (laughs) a COVID test. We're not pending whatever. It's pending an FBI investigation. So, you know, what Deshaun Watson has stacked up against him is no small thing. Ten criminal charges. But still, yo, if a team starts off slow, if they're like two and four, 
or whatever it is, or or zero oh and five, or you know whatever. God help me if the Giants start off, which they could, zero <laughs> oh and five or zero oh and four and something, and they start chattering about Daniel Jones and a trade package to Texas to, for uh, Deshaun Deshaun Watson. Just check me out of the whole thing. <laughs> so yeah. He's going to break the NFL, man. And now, I hope that we don't see or hear from him all season long, except for where his criminal lawsuits are going. But I, it's the NFL. It's the NFL, and anything can happen, especially when we're talking about the criminal nature of some of its players. Absolutely. Some of its players. Some. I mean, a, a very tiny fraction. Right. There's a great many players in the NFL. The some vast majority. Who, yeah. And, you know... We we've seen this kind of story before, where you know the league or the team gives a player who's accused of something heinous. Um, I don't know if you could say the benefit of the doubt because he's still he's not about to play, but you know we saw it with with Greg Hardy, um, you know, just terrible heinous allegations against him. You know, and then he, he did he served his suspension or whatever, and then he immediately got signed again, you know, by the Cowboys. And then, you know, you have other situations where, you know, someone gets arrested for, for um a domestic incident or something, and it's just you know, it's not really taken as seriously. And I think it kind of says to women, you know, like on one side of the NFL's mouth, they're oh, we wanna Support women. We want to support oh, breast cancer. We're gonna wear pink. We're gonna wear pink, and we're gonna sell, uh, you know, a million pink football jerseys because you know we we want to support our ladies out there. And then you know, on the other side of their mouth, you know, you got this guy who looks like a serial, um, sexual serial abuser. fucking yeah, creep. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So I hope someday. I don't think it'll be in Roger Goodell's administration, but I, I hope someday they get some balls and really um, put their money where their mouth is when it comes to uh, supporting women and you know not giving these guys um, a, a, a chance to play. You know what I mean? It's a privilege to, to play in the NFL. You know what I mean? You could be playing in the in Canada or or fucking arena league or whatever you know you don't have to play the nfl it should be reserved for the best athletes not only the best athletes but the best people you know what i mean they need to represent um their team in in themselves in the best possible way and so you know i i don't think i mean as it stands right now i honestly don't think he's gonna play this season I mean, I I don't see any any resolution to this anytime soon, and I don't think you can have a player that has so many pending um, criminal charges, not just the lawsuits, the criminal charges. You can't possibly put somebody out on the field that has that type of rap sheet against them. I don't understand how he's not on the commissioner exempt list. Like, I don't know what you have to do to get on. I mean, we do know what you have to do to get on it because we. Players get on and off it all the time, but I don't know what he has to do more to be on that list and to make him ineligible to play. Um, you know, hopefully this this entire ordeal comes to an outcome that's that benefits the victims in, in the best and most appropriate way possible. 
Uh, but yeah, Deshaun Deshaun Watson, st- stay off the field, man. Atone for your sins, sir, in whatever way you and your God feel is appropriate. <laughs> but please, stay off my television screen. All right, so we got uh, one more football-themed segment we here. do indeed because we are just so <laughs> excited that the football season started man of all all the things let's let's have some football in 2021 That's right man. i am ready i'm ready to watch the bucks play tomorrow night uh it's gonna be fantastic and so what we're gonna do what we call the home team preview Ooh, yeah. and this is we're gonna be talking about the bucks and the giants however felix Mm, that's me. Is going to be playing the part of Willis. Yes, I am. And he is going to give my thoughts on the Bucks. Here, right? Yeah. And right. I am going to be playing the part of Felix. And I'm going to be giving his thoughts on the Giants. Um,. I forgot to ask earlier, do I need to sound like you as well, or do, can I just say what I think you're thinking? Um, I think uh, out of really just for myself in whatever minefield I could step into by imitating your voice, <laughs> I think it would be uh, the smart decision to not necessarily impersonate the... <laughs> The dialect and vocal tones of our of our counterparts tonight. I agree. I agree. So do you want me to start or do you want to go first, uh, Felix? So I'll start first. Oh wow. Okay. You're out the gate. He wants it. Are you so, do you feel you were emotional re- emotionally ready for what you're about to do? I don't no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Um so let me begin. Um <laughs> yeah, that's a- by talking about um, the man, the myth, the legend, Danny Dimes. Oh my god! Um, when when the Giants acquired Danny Dimes two years ago, people were like, "Eli has a long lost little brother, and he is going to lead us to another title." And I'm here for it. I, you know. And I feel like that's what you, Felix, would like. That was your what? That was your feeling. You you were very excited. You you drank the Kool Aid immediately after seeing those those sick throws in college that not many other people saw. I don't think <laughs> um, his but, parents, <laughs> his parents, and you know the students at the school. Dave Gettleman. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. When well, where is he? Um, so, Danny Times, he needs to really show us something this year. This is a make or break year for uh, Mr. Dimes. So, last year, uh, Aaron Rodgers and Daniel Jones had something in common, believe it or not. They both were tied with... Um, 2.71 seconds it took them to get the ball out. The major difference was that Aaron Rodgers threw for 48 touchdowns and five interceptions. And Mr. Jones, Mr. Jones and me, <laughs> threw for 
only 11 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. That is James Wilson-like numbers, sir. <laughs> <laughs> or Jameis Winston-like numbers. Um, the other thing that set him apart from Aaron Rodgers, 29 fumbles in 27 games. You cannot be a winning football team if you are fumbling the ball every game. More than every game. You are not going to win shit in your division. We know the NFC East, tough division, always, always very competitive. This year, Washington football team comes in rejuvenated. Dallas Cowboys, Dax back. Eagles, young blood up there. You cannot be slacking. You cannot be giving the ball away. Okay? However, it's not all doom and gloom. Not all doom and gloom in New Jersey. We have some additions to the New York football giants. Kenny Galladay. Big baller. <laughs> Galladay. <laughs> Big baller. Kenny Galladay. Kyle Rudolph. Tight end from the Vikings. Said, man, I need a bigger platform. I need to sell some Kyle Rudolph memorabilia. Where can I go and do that? It's piled up in my garage. <laughs> yeah, I've been holding on to this shit forever. No one wants to buy it in Minnesota. I know where I can get rid of it. Jersey. East Rutherford. <laughs> That's right. Plus, you still got Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, Evan Ingram, and the creme de la creme. Back. To run over motherfuckers. Getting trucked. Saquon Barkley. Bro, man's got thighs like hemlocks. <laughs> I, I I personally have never seen thicker thighs. Maybe on Serena Williams. That may be the only one. Yeah. Maybe the yeah. only other person on the snap planet. Snap your fucking with, neck just right. by looking at it. Just not, by the only, not the only thing she'd snap. <laughs> wow, sir. Saquon, too. <laughs> Sa- yeah, Saquon, Saquon, too. Like, snap. Oh! <laughs> Uh, bro. So look, Giants, they got um some weapons on the offensive side, and it comes down to Mr. Jones. Can he hold on to the football? Can he distribute it the way it needs to be distributed? Can he make this step to the next level? Or is it gonna be on the on the unemployment line next season and back to the draft the Giants go? We don't want to be there. Felix, we don't want to be there. We do. Are you talking in the third person when you just said Felix? Because you or me right now. I don't know. I'm in, I'm, I'm, I'm in the multiverse. You right are now. in the multiverse. I'm all and, and, over the place. And you must be in the multiverse because you just meant, meant a variant. That's right. <laughs> of me. Because <laughs> let me tell you, that is not where I am at, sir. <laughs> I wish that's how I felt about my squad. Well, do you want to give us uh, just a, a few minutes a very, on how a short, you really feel? I think that this is one of the worst offenses in the NFL. Ooh. I think oh. that. <laughs> I didn't expect they, this. They could. Oh, uh, pessimism right out of the They could be Kenny Galladay, always hurt. Kyle Rudolph, wash tight end. Dime a dozen. Go fucking off the, go off the scrap heap. Kyle, who the fuck cares about Kyle Rudolph? Um, Saquon, uh, I love you. 
Uh, he played one healthy game last season, and he had like 15 carries for like six yards. It was absolutely terrible. He was probably hurt. What are you talking about? Probably hurt. It was the first game of the season. He. It was the following week that he hurt himself. Um, mm. I Jason Garrett leading an offense. Daniel Jones. Um, I said that he needed to show something last season. I said into a microphone last season, and I also said to other people's ear holes last season. Mm. Daniel Jones needs to show me this season. You know what he showed me? He showed you, um. 11 touchdowns and 10 interceptions <laughs> and 29 fumbles in 27 games. Yeah. So um, I, I have low expectations. The only thing that's lighting a fire in me, a small stoking, a small fire that is being gently fed little twigs, little kindling just to keep it going. Nothing raging is that everybody has pulled such a 180 on the Giants right now. And when I say that... I don't mean to say that like everybody was saying they were the best thing a year ago because they weren't. What I mean is people were having good Giants feelings at the end of the season, as good as you can from a team that had a sub 500 record and an absolutely terrible NFC East. But we had a good taste in our mouths from the Giants. They they played hard. They looked good on the field, coached under uh, Joe Judge, all that being said. Now everybody's saying Dan Jones is the worst QB in the league and this this offense is the is the worst we're ever gonna see. And I don't think it's that bad. I don't think I don't it's either. that bad. I don't either. So I think I'll just, that being said, I still my my hopes are, are pretty low right now. Uh, do I think we're the worst in our division? No. I think it's the Eagles. Um and you know, I know Dak's coming back and they got a lot of weapons in Dallas, but that defense is really, 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 really bad. And when Dak was putting up Hall of Fame like numbers uh, before he got hurt last season, they were still losing those games. <laughs> mm, so true. I don't necessarily have high hopes for the Dallas Cowboys either. So you're not hiring yeah. the Eagles, huh? No, Jalen Hurts. No, doesn't, doesn't uh, light a fire in your loins. No, no. He, I don't understand what people are seeing with this kid. Like, well, he he had a very very good career in college, and I mean he he didn't really get a whole season to to show his stuff last year. I'm not really in. I I. I but it's that's a show me. That's a show Plus, me situation. Plus, he's got his his number one receiver from his college team on the Eagles now too, and Devontae Smith. Yeah, okay, big like, chemistry you know, right there. I don't know. I'm just saying. Show me, show me. They, uh, uh, Jalen Hurts. I don't think anybody was like really doing backflips over him when they started him last season. He had to be started because Carson Wentz was a, was a dumpster fire. You know. So, yes. True. Yeah. It is. So so all that being said, I appreciate it, Variant Felix, but. I think you're a little bit higher on them than I than I am. Now, please, sir, step back. We're gonna have to step back, man. You're gonna have to step back. I'm back. I'm that's, back. That's not far enough. How, how's this? That's that's back. That's all far right. enough. That's all far right. enough. Because you're almost out of the studio now. We got a podcast to record. Do I need to open the door. No, do not open the door. Okay. Do not open the door. All right. Now let me let me get into my Willis vibes. Don't give me that vape pen over there. <laughs> do not give me the vape pen. <laughs> do not. <clears throat> so yo Tampa Bay You already know motherfucker We are coming out sir Super Bowl champions Yo Tom Brady Have you heard of him? Have you heard of him? I'm asking you a question Yes have I you, have, you have heard, heard of him heard of him Yes um, Mike Evans Have you heard of that motherfucker? Hell yeah Yo Have you heard of a motherfucker I like to call Playoff Lenny Oh, 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 have I heard a of little Lenny, Lenny. for you? Yo, 
We got Gus Bernard just sitting on the shelf. He's coming in hot. Yo, G- Gus Bernard, he ain't know <clears> nothing <throat> to sniff at. Um, Giovanni. 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 <laughs> I'm thinking of Gus Edwards. He ain't nothing. Giovanni. Giovanni. Giovanni Bernard from Cincinnati coming through. He's a quality back. He's coming on. He he he. Uh, hey, hold on. Actually, I'm sorry. I'm besmirching. You, you know a little guy named Ro Ro Jones, a little Rojo, little Ro- Ronald Jones, the second sir. Mm-hmm. Come on now, Ronald Jones. The, the numbers that he was putting up last season, they were trying everything to make sure he continued to start in the playoffs over a playoff Lenny, and they only had to sit him down because he was so hurt. Ronald Jones was putting up them numbers, sir. Sure was. I haven't even mentioned. The, just two or three seasons ago, number one with a bullet, best wideout in the fucking league, Antonio, hey, <laughs> that's a that's a nice personal trainer you got there. Would be a shame <laughs> if I put my dick all over her. Antonio Brown, former roommate of Tom, oh. uh, of <laughs> Tom Brady, goat of goats, he's just like their third guy. He's just like their third fucking receiver. Antonio Brown is being drafted in like way too late in, in fantasy football. He could have as much of a breakout season than any other wideout. Uh, he has an entire offseason to prepare. Bruce Arians living the best life as one of the, as a coach anybody would want to play for. I'm they retained most of them. I didn't even mention anybody off of the defense because I can't remember their fucking names. Except for my boy, JPP, former giant, coming into his own on Tampa Bay squad. I loved seeing him win a fucking ring down there in Tampa Bay last season. Most of their guys, if not all of them, are coming back. That is unheard of. And the thing about Tom Brady, you already know. Is that he is built? He is actually, actually, actually built different. The thing that 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 separates Tom Brady from everybody else is that he does not rest on his laurels. He was the goat a decade ago, and it does not matter. He usually there was something called the Super Bowl hangover, where you win one year, you had an outstanding season the last season, and you come back, and it's hard to repeat. It's hard to repeat for a lot of reasons, but especially at the Super Bowl is. Your, your your thirst has been quenched. It's hard. Uh, what is it called? I forget the saying. It's something about like it's t- it's tough. Uh, you know, to to uh, uh, when you're driving a Ferrari to wake up before nine a.m. on a weekend. You know what I mean? Like these players are not necessarily coming back to next season with that same drive. I know. I know that feeling. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of Ferrari, it's a Chevy Cavalier, right? <laughs> Champagne colored Cavalier. It's, it's amazing. Champagne Cavalier. That's my favorite Oasis song. So. Tom Brady is not built like that. Fucking hate him. Well, I don't really hate him as much anymore. But I fucking don't like him. But the guy does not have that bone in him. And they are all, like, they're ready. Tampa is ready. They are absolutely coming in ready to repeat. All of their players feel fantastic about their squad. They look to the guy under center, and they know what he can do. Yo, also, Tampa. Also, all their players, 100% vaccinated. 100%. 100%. Even Tom Maga Brady, huh? Yes, sir. Interesting. So, all that, I'm, I, I, Willis, am here to tell you, Tampa's fucking coming out. They're coming out swinging. They're winning tomorrow night. Yo, they may put up fucking three touchdowns in the first fucking quarter. Just to show the fucking Dallas Cowboys and the rest of America who the fuck 
America's team is. Tampa. Blah! Call up, Captain. What's your mascot's name? Captain... I don't know. I don't even know what his name is. Captain Fear or something weird like that? Something weird, yeah. Yo. Fire them cannons! Fire the cannons! God damn, that was amazing. Um, You captured just about everything um, that I've been feeling ever since those cannons went off in Raymond James Stadium (laughs) (laughs) during the Super Bowl last year. Um, It's been an amazing run, as we know. We've talked extensively about last season, and... You know, they managed to do something that I don't know if many teams have done. I don't know if any teams have done. And that was bring every single player that was on last year's team back for this season for another uh, Super Bowl run. Plus, like Felix said, they added Giovanni Bernard. You know, he... He uh, didn't remember some of the defensive names. (laughs) Here's here's one. Indomitian Sue. Oh, Um, oh, yeah. Here's one. uh, Levante David. Devin White. Um, they they have a uh, a number of all pros, and they uh look what what hasn't been said by by my by, me? by my by variants. You. By end. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, they they are primed up, ready to go. Everything that I've been hearing out of there is everything that I want to be hearing. Um, they're still hungry. They're still going at it uh, hard in the paint. You know, a, a Tom Brady led team is not going to rest on their laurels. They're going to be just as hungry this season, hopefully. Um, and you know, they, I think a big part of them being 100% vaccinated is the team concept. All, uh, yeah, they're they, all, in they with have each other. to yep. operate as one. And that starts with doing things in the off season. That starts with being in the same mindset, same mentality. And you know what? Bruce Arians said, he's like, look, if I need to lock these guys in the hotel all week long, that's what I'm going to do because I'm not going to let COVID ruin our chance at running this back. And you know what? To their credit, they all got the, they all got the shot. You know what I mean? So, um, they, I don't think they will need to be locked in the hotel, uh, but they're all going to be on their P's and Q's this year, hopefully. And we're going to see what they can do uh, starting tomorrow against Dallas. Absolutely. We we are less than 24 hours away from the 2021-2022 NFL. NFL. <laughs> Let me try to do English. I'm going to start right now, Willis, with English. You know what it is? Yes. I was still you. You were you were leaving my your spirit was was leaving my body. If if possible, after your spirit leaves my body, could you leave my body? <laughs> we are less than twenty four hours away from the 2021-2022 NFL season starting off. Literally kicking off. Can't wait, can't wait, can't wait. Even if I gotta watch my G Man get Molly Watt. Twice in the next week. By the way, I'm going to have to watch the G-Men lose twice in the next eight days. Because they play this Sunday and then they play again on Thursday. Oh, Man, I tell you, bro. The dreaded five-day oh, turnaround. Oh, my God. Right out of the game. Against gate. two good defenses and defensive lines. But, hey, I don't even care. if, As long as I see Saquon on the field, those beautiful blue helmets, I am here for the football. Let's go. Who do they got week one? Denver Broncos. Denver Broncos. Denver Broncos okay. in New York. But that Broncos defense is nothing to sniff at. It's That's right. absolutely That's right. nothing to sniff at, I tell you. 
All right, one more topic for the night, and then we're going to wrap this jammy up. One more heater. So, like my man's Felix said earlier, there was a second big album drop last week. Yeah. One we've been waiting for for a long time. Been a huge, huge rollout. Uh, Very different from the the rollout that we saw from Kanye. Yeah. Um, I mean, Drake's rollout, I mean... The the album rollout itself probably lasted nine months. Mm-hmm. Uh, nine months, very similar to his album cover, where <laughs> where he had just straight up pregnant woman emojis. Sixteen pregnant women emojis, right. I think. Yeah. So we got finally we got certified lover boy from Drake. Um, it is another twenty plus track album. Uh, I mean. From the sixth god. From the sixth god, yeah. I mean, nobody really had any idea what to expect. We hadn't had any listening parties. We hadn't even gotten a single, Mm -hmm. which was strange. You know, most of the Drake albums that have come out, we've at least gotten one or two singles uh, from the album, and then, you know, it drops. We hadn't heard a peep off this album. And when it dropped, I mean, the internet went crazy. Yeah. What can you say? I mean, would you expect anything less uh, than a full-blown internet orgasm from a new Drake album? At this point, no. You can't expect anything but anything less than that. Because he is still operating, maybe not at the peak of his powers. This is an, an aged, learned, wizened Drake. I'm not necessarily saying that to say that He's reaching these epiphanies in, in new in new ways of looking at himself and insight on this album. Even though you could probably say lyrically he is, but this is an old pro continuing to just go up and, and shoot you know shoot the lights out in the gym. Um, which, by the way, he don't really see Drake doing that much in, in the uh, <laughs> on his Instagram. Whenever he posts like things where he's lazily dribbling a ball surrounded by other pros uh, or actual pros. Um, yeah, man, he dropped the album. We were just days away or, or, or following the release of Donda. We had barely di- had the ability to digest that magnum opus. We were talking earlier how there was the hot take to Donda. And then there's, I, I probably had like four different takes. There was my immediate take. Then there was my take to my take. Then there was the, hey, I keep going back to the album and listening. And what does that mean? You know what I mean? Then, then there's, I'm walking through the supermarket and I'm humming the songs. So that means something, you know, and I can't stop thinking about it. That means something. And before I could really even come down on the other side, certified lover boy. So what it showed though is that these two rappers are still just in the fucking zeitgeist, man. They have taken over the conversation to like not just the music conversation or the hip hop conversation. They've taken over the conversation about about culture, about pop culture in America and on, on this planet f- for over a week at this point. Which you know, if this was ten years ago, five years ago, we'd be like, oh, over a week. Yo, it's hard to get anybody to think about anything for more than a couple hours nowadays. You know. We literally had an insurgency, and we're in the middle of a pandemic, and it's we can't really uh, grab our hands and our arms around anything longer than a day. And here it is, a week later, over a week later, and we're still talking about Donna, and we're still talking about Certified Lover Boy. So, what was your initial response to Certified Lover Boy? So, <clears throat> I will be honest with you. Oh, I love honesty. I 
normally when I first press play on a new Drake album, I'm usually really impressed with the way he kind of eases you into it. His first tracks are never that heavy. They're usually synth filled with synths, filled with um, some easy raps, uh, usually a soul sample, a, you know, a 90s R&B sample. And, you know, this didn't disappoint. This kind of stayed in the same vein. Um, this album, it took a, wa- a little bit longer for me to get to find its groove. Mm. Um, I would say, like, different from Donda, where, you know, track two was, you know, jail with Jay-Z. You know what I mean? It's like, this one, it took a little while to to find its groove. And I'll say, at first listen, I I, I will say, I've only listened to the album one time from front to back. So, it really caught its stride about halfway in. Um, that's when you started getting the real, like, real good lyrics. Um, the beats, you know, it just can't compare with Kanye. Straight up. But what I will say is where Drake, um, the beats aren't bad. Yeah. They're just not Kanye. You know what I mean? Kanye is a genius with the beats. We all know that. But where Drake falters with the beats, he raises his game with the lyrics, with the wordplay. Absolutely. I mean, so many times we hear the metaphors from Drake. And, you know, there was that um, controversy back in the day with Ghost Riders and this and that. You know, I don't really think much of that anymore because when it comes down to it, like, this is this is... The, body of work that Drake is putting out. Mm-hmm. What he chooses to put out, whether he wrote it or somebody else wrote it, like that's him. That's him forever. You know what I mean? Same with Kanye. Kanye chooses to put those corny lines out. You know what I mean? <laughs> the grony the gronies. We we've seen Kanye spit from time to time, but not not as good as Drake. Straight Absolutely up. not. He's not just even not close, as yeah. good a wordsmith. So you know, a lot of rappers borrow from this and that they have 20 people in the studio with them at a time of course people are gonna throw bits and pieces here and they're gonna you know run with it but i think all in all it's it's a very very good album um after one listen through i have some tracks that are that are my favorites i i played one for you in the car the other day on the way to the draft got me hyped Um, before the draft I, i think it's called you only live twice yeah uh with rick ross little wayne uh, spitting like their life depended on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, like they were twenty six years old again. I mean, my goodness! If you need a um, a song to hype you up before you go do something, whether it's uh, run a marathon or or commit a felony, um, <laughs> it's this is what you want to hear. It's just it's just Rick Ross, Lil Wayne, and Drake just spitting bars, kid bars. Yeah. Um, and then you know the other one. Which was I want to say it's um is it seven a.m. in Bridal Park? Is that I think it's like Brindle Park? Brindle yeah. Park? Oh no, it might be. I think you're right, Bridal Park. So, but yeah, yeah, something yeah. like that. Anyway, it's the neighborhood where Drake lives, and I'm pretty sure he named it that because Kanye decided to drop a pin on Drake's new house, 
when the, you know they're in there in their beef back and forth uh it's, it's been this this simmering bubbling pettiness over the last uh i don't know five years six years something like that but you know they've been going back and forth they sure have we yeah. we, we know this all you know uh and, and so kanye decides to drop a pin on drake's new house which is is very petty if you ask me i mean uh do you really want like strangers running up in his house i mean what what's the point you know yeah. what i mean so drake found that um annoying shall we say and just went and and fired off um a whole diss track yeah he spit a whole diss track against kanye and he even had a couple bars for swiss beats in there too um but you know i i do have to listen to it all the way through but from what i've heard um it's it's very good not um definitely if i mean if i had to rank it after listening to it one time uh it wouldn't be in his top third i would say for albums um you know we got 20 plus tracks i it's it's tough when i get a, a 20 plus track album from an artist that i love because i know there's going to be some skips in there and I don't want skips. I don't want skips. I don't want skips. You know what? When we got, if you're reading this, it's too late. No skips. Dude, not a single skip. I fucking love that album. When we got um, Nothing Was the Same, no skips. Even Take Care, which is maybe his longest album, very few skips on Take Care. That, that I think, is his best album. Um, and that's just my opinion, but there was some skips on this for me, uh, for the, for the yeah. first listen through. So, you know what, like you said, off, off, uh, Mike, you know, on your second run through, it kind of sounded, there was, there was a little bit different, um, tones and you re- some stuff kind of grew on you. So I'm looking forward to probably tomorrow going right into it again and and trying to hear things that I didn't hear the first time mm-hmm. and and just marinating in the album again because it, it it's tough to like we, we I had tried to marinate in Donda for a week and I didn't even get a week I got 4 days and then it's like okay now hop right back into this like it I only have so much listening time in my day <laughs> right. you know what I mean um I so just like you said the second time I listened to it I really it hooked me a lot more. The beats were what they were, but I thought I liked them more the second time around as well. I thought they serviced his flow very well. The lyrics are are are, are just a step above. You know, this is his lyricist album. This is the the album where he's really where he's he's taking the pen to the to the paper or the the check to the ghostwriter, however you want to conceptualize it, and he's really putting out some lyrics that I think are destined to be under some Instagram pictures for. <laughs> For some twenty and thirty year olds for the next year or no the, for this summer, you know, you always get the meme. Always get the yeah, and <laughs> and you know that's the also thing about Drake is he's such a likable guy. I know that he has haters and everybody has haters, but there's just something about his persona. He just is the he's the one right now. He's been the guy for a decade, and it's really it's really uh, impressive. Um, one thing that I've seen. 
that's been popping up uh, 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 on the on the interwebs that I've I've seen um, mostly from one from one segment of the population, and that's the um, those from the mountains of Caucasus of Caucasus. <laughs> um, and this is in no ways, shape, or form directed at my man's the our pod father Trev, who every time we drop a pod, our man's hits us up in the text. And has really great and insightful and uh, and funny conversations about shit that we talked about the, the, on our pod. And he had asked us a question about if, if the Kanye album was hip-hop. What I'm going to say now, Trev, has nothing to do with your question. Because you were just asking a question. You were not making a statement. And what I've been seeing a lot on my Facebook from white motherfuckers from New England saying... That Donda ain't hip hop and ain't rap, and that this all this is just ain't, ain't ain't what it should. And and trying to be the gatekeepers, I'm the guy. I'm the also the other white guy here to tell you that you are not the gatekeeper for hip hop. White men have long been the gatekeepers for basically everything else. What books are considered to be classics? What bands are considered to be the best of all time? Beatles or the Rolling Stones and Elvis Presley and ignoring every black and brown artist out there that all those people fucking stole from, right? They, they said, these, these uh, uh, filmmakers are the best. These stories are what we should... Th- white men have been the gatekeepers for what is considered good. For the entirety of of our uh, uh, pop culture, uh, whatever, and and even further our, back, our human existence, human existence. You sirs do not get to be the gatekeepers for fucking hip hop, and you may not like Kanye West. See, me and your man's here are forty years old. We know we we have had times in our lives where we've looked at music and judged it, and also said, if you like it, you're an idiot, and that music is bad. Right? I've had that. I was I was a stupid teenager. Or twenty year old who thought that oh if you listen to certain stuff you're 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 a, you're an asshole you're trash and that band is trash and that rapper is trash and that singer songwriter is trash I don't got that in me anymore T- to be where we are now and to look at Kanye West and to not like him but also say like he's trash if you listen to him you're trash and his and he's not hip hop I'm sorry you don't know that's you don't get to be the gatekeeper for look that. Kanye West made some of the best hip-hop beats ever made ever made go back to jay-z the blueprint go back to um i mean jay-z's whole blueprint run he put out three blueprint albums he put out rock la familia he put out kingdom come he put out the black album you know who the premier producer was on all those kanye west so you're gonna tell me Jay Z ain't hip hop? Fuck out of here! But it's and it's it's this thing that I've noticed, and especially in New England white men, that like there's only a certain type of hip hop that they they accept into the club, and it's like, listen, you ain't you ain't the one, bro. You ain't the one. So I'll say all that to say, um, the Drake album I I do like. It's growing on me. It was a big switch from Donda to Certified Lover Boy. I love I I th- the cover art got a lot of heat. I I think it's super clever. I think it's cool looking. I don't know, man. I call me a fucking patsy when I said when you showed me it last week. I was laughing at it, uh, but I really think it's cool. I it, it grabs you, man. I always love. I tend to like whatever, like I, the the cover art for More Life. 
I sometimes just look at it. <laughs> it's just so stupid looking. It's so fucking it's hilarious. Great. He's just it's sitting there scribbling in a pad. He's got the little bald afro and a big mustache and the glasses. It looks like his father. It um, is his father. I thought that was Drake. It's his father. Oh, this is his dad? Yeah, it's an old I thought that picture. was just Drake dressed up to no, look like his dad. that is his father, man. Is this on the level of heroizing or no? Yeah, this is a right, right I there. don't know. More Life is only like four or five years old. Heroizing is like 30 years old. By the way, still, by the way, heroizing to me. So, um, the Drake Drake is here, man. I like My man right now is on his iPad zooming in on the photo. I see it. You fucking tell me that looks like Drake? Yes. Bro, that's That his, looks like Drake to that's me. That's his chromosomes, but that ain't him. Well... <laughs> Color me fucking. God bless him. So, um, who won? Because you know we got to do this. Ugh. We got to do. It. I know you're so it's, pissed off. We're st- we're still in the first quarter, man. Ah. We're still in the first quarter. Do you think it is? It hasn't. The album has not even been out for one full week. The internet right now is saying Drake won. The internet says a lot of things. The internet, jumps and, and <laughs> the internet jumps to a lot of conclusions. They jump to a lot of... Like, uh, right away. Well, right away. It was like Friday night. People were like, Drake won, Drake won, Drake won. I'm like, yo, this album, You how, how have you even finished it? You know how what? did you finish I, it I already? I think a lot of people wanted Drake to win. You know, Kanye still is, is persona non grata in a lot of corners of this country. Sure is, yeah. For good um, reason. For good reason. And I don't hold that against people that say, you know what? I don't give a shit if if Kanye puts out um the the best album that's ever been heard. I'm not fucking with him anymore. And you know what? You would be totally in in your right to do that. I am a uh, weak charactered person you when sure it comes are. to that type of thing. Well, and you know what? And I, straight up, look, I'll, I'll just say it. I like the man's music. And I was hoping that I'd get this type of album from Kanye. I was hoping that I'd get like that feeling back. Was and I t- think we both were. And part of the part of the thing I think that makes me right now like Donda better than Certified Lover Boy is the fact that I've listened to it so much. I've already heard it go through four different iterations. You know, like we like I said we went over last week. I had heard most of this album three times already. And then we got the album with way more songs that I I had heard to, you know, period, but I already had songs in my head before the album even came out because I'd heard them three times. So having that and then having the album out, you know, uh, came out on a Sunday and we got CLB on a Friday. So we had like four days, five days where we just ate it up, played it through and through and through. And there was so much talk about it online that, like, that's all we got. And then we got CLB, which is a totally different vibe. Yeah, it's, it's, you know what it's I mean? The opposite of these of albums album. couldn't be more different. And thank God, thank God, and right. and, and and thank God that we have two artists at the top of their game. Again, well, I I don't want to say that again. I I don't want to. 
because this is not the best yay and this is not the best Drake. But like firing on all cylinders, yes. right? Um, putting out art within a week of each other that's worth this kind of conversation because we there's a lot of stuff that gets dropped. We we ingest it, we move on. Um, who who came out with an album a couple uh, months ago? Who's the guy? Not Big Sean, but um, Nas. Uh, no, well, sure, Nas, but like, no, uh, uh, J Cole. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was good. Anybody really care about the fucking J Cole album right now? No, nah, hey, man. It's good. It's, it's good, a good album. It's fine. But like, know, we came, moved on. It came and went. Yeah, you know, we moved I mean, on. We got it, and we said thank you, and we moved on to the next. And we're not moving on to the next with these two albums yet. Now, people may have made up their minds about them, um, but th- I think that they're going to son- soundtrack the rest of our our calendar year. You know, like they they really Drake. You know, he he gives you something like you told me. I one of the worst songs on the record that I've heard so so far is the uh, "Too Sexy." Um, I think it's <laughs> I called like "Too it. Sexy." I can't stand that song, dude. With Future, oh yeah, and man. Uh, what's in the Young Thug? And you told me that the video was popping, and you did not lie to your man no, over no. here. The video is fucking great, and Drake does stay undefeated with making videos and. It seems like nobody like hip hop is like the last uh, musical genre that cares about the videos, man. You know, and and I and as a MTV uh, generation uh, cohort, like you love to see them put some effort into those things. So the video is great. I hate the song, but (laughs) overall, um, I think Drake. You know, I think that the album so far is a little. It's a little light in some in some spaces. Um, he repeats a lot of the same themes, but this is his lyricist album. This isn't his reggaeton album. This isn't his pop album. This is his lyricist album, and I am here for it along with Donda. We can have both. That's right. I, we can I, have I, both. I want both. And, you know, I'm looking at, I'm just reading this, this discography from Drake over here. Oh, yes, yes, please. And, you know, it goes all the way back. He dropped So Far Gone in 2009. So we're like 12 12 years years in. And he's got more than one project a year that he's put out. Whether it's an official album or a quote-unquote mixtape or even like an EP. He stays putting out music. And it's not like, you know, like when we were younger, we would have artists like, take Jay-Z for example. Jay-Z... Looking back on his career, very prolific. There was a stretch where he was putting out an album a year. And that pace was considered, like, Mm mind-blowing. Drake's putting out more than one album a year. And he's maintained that pace for 12 years. Most rappers don't have a prime as long as Drake has had. Dude, some of them have a single or four. Even when we're talking about the greats, like Nas or, I mean, especially, you know, living on the East Coast, we talk about Jay-Z and Biggie like they're gods, like Nas, like they're gods. Nas has never had an album run. Absolutely not. Of more than, like, three albums. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Early and that was early, early on. Yeah, nineties, not early, like mid nineties. He had a three, four album run. It's like wow, that's that's some classic shit. Then he made a couple stinkers, 
And then he may have had one, you know, one that one or two that was good, and then he had another stinker. Same with Jay Z. Jay Z had a very good run. Reasonable doubt in my lifetimes. Blueprint. But those weren't all classic albums. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying that Drake has put out 12 classic albums. But what I'm saying is he's put out an, enough work to keep himself in the conversation for 12 years straight. Whether it's putting out a full album. And and the other thing with him is, you know, a lot of artists... Kanye is not gonna just give you three songs on a on a Friday. Drake might fuck around and just give you a three song pack. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. He's got these Here. weird little one offs and playlists and whatever he calls them. Right. Yeah. He dropped one care package that was like, you know, three songs or something like that, just for fun. Not a lot of artists do that. So, I mean, when, when we're at this point in somebody's discography and we're still saying, yo, they're putting out bangers, that that is in of itself. Bands don't have that. You know, like uh, singer-songwriters don't have that. Pop stars. Madonna doesn't have that. You look at the I, – I challenge you. Go look at the discography for any artist, any all-timer, and look at their 12th album and try to go like, oh, was did that still slap as much as CLB does for Drake? Um, I – I am here for as much Drake as Drake wants to give me. I find him completely uh uh, uh what's that called um uh when when somebody has a personality that you find charismatic. charismatic. He's unbelievable Very charismatic. So. He knows what the fuck he's doing. He looks at the camera and you like you're in on the joke with him, you know? Um the little heart he has in his hairline right now, he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing and and I am glad to be a part of a culture that is on the receiving end of what he's doing. Yeah. Right. Not not uh oh. in a literal sense. But no, no, know, I'm not one of the a... pregnant uh emojis on his <laughs> album cover. No, no. Not yet anyway. Uh, my man. My man, I tell you. This was a fun one. This was a banger, bro. Number forty eight in the books. Oh my god. So 48. much another another step closer to that year, to that fifty two week. Banger that we got on the horizon. We got, Dude, we got something special for you guys. We're going to let you in on the secret very soon. The details very soon. Mm. It's going to be a celebration, bitches. Man, I like I like it when we tease him. I like it when we tease him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, hey, man, you know what? We, we covered a lot tonight. We covered two of our loves, hip-hop and the NFL. I can't begin to tell you, sir, how lovely this evening was for me. Amazing. Um, hey, certified lover boy. I love you. I love you as well.